Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from the Studio C. C, senor. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. We are into eating season, as Joe declared it yesterday. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I just can't decide. A sigh of despair. Ennui is our general manager. No, no, not despair. I just, I can't decide. Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyers, who are now going to be going after everybody who slandered him, up to and including the president. Uh, global supply chain issues. I've been reading about that. So interesting. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. We're all a, it's a free for all. No leadership. A rudderless ship. Two days from uh, Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving. <laughs> Friendsgiving is a growing term for some reason. I don't know why, but. Michael's shaking his head Crank sadly. The music, Michael. Here we go. The kids, the kids with their lingo, Michael. Am I wrong? Damn kids. There ain't no Friendsgiving. I don't know why that's caught on this year. I've heard it way more than I have in years past. Anyway, the Joe mentions the supply chain. I'm telling you, this is my warning. Learn from me. Let me be an example. You can be a good example of a bad example or a bad example of a good example. Um, uh, I, uh, so I'm at a store the other day, and my kids see something they both really want for Christmas. They really, really want it for Christmas. And I say, nah, you know, maybe let's ask for it for Christmas or whatever. No, buy it now or it'll get the, somebody will buy it and there won't be any left. And no, 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 no. And part of it was we're on bikes. I didn't want to carry this stuff, too. Part of it is it's just it's a little too transactional if you buy stuff in front of them and then like hide it until christmas it's just not quite the same as yeah a little I get bit it. of wonder you know about am i going to get this or that anyway two days later i go to the store they're gonzo and there ain't no more in the country mm. and that's the way it is for lots of stuff so if you got something you want and you see it buy it then as at the target just yesterday for what was i getting a target something bland um uh Something slime. bland. Something not exciting. Slime is oh. actually what we're needing to buy. Slime. The the, the game, the toy, the, the, the gooey stuff kids play with. The gooey stuff. Yeah, my son yeah. my son needs a fair amount of that around for uh, for tactile reasons. It calms him down. But anyway, ah. I'm at the Target to get slime, and there's just a lots of shelves that are empty or half empty. Lots. It's just It doesn't look like America still. And, uh, you know, so that's going to continue through Christmas, obviously. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't don't think you can do like you've done your whole life. If you have like me your whole life, you know, wait till you get close to Christmas. Go to the store. There'll be shelves and shelves of everything you want to buy. It ain't like that. Even this year, those days are gone, my global friends. Please, not not now, not during the COVID. Boy, speaking of slime, Hanson. I got a text home. My dog has terrible digestive problems. Oh boy. Um, you know what's really weird is yesterday I did too. And I didn't eat anything weird, too. Now, granted, when we were at the dog park, I was uh, crawling around on all fours, sniffing things, and I ate something off the ground. But <laughs> Some garbage. <laughs> well, actually, you know, that's what we're thinking happened with him. But, you know, I didn't. So what's going on? Sympathy pains? It's I hard did, to say. I think it's, you know, they say uh, owners start to look like their dogs. Uh, my, yeah. My kids and I enjoy pointing that out when owners look like their dogs. But maybe you start to have so, the digestional track of a dog. You start dog. to poop like your dog. Uh, Hanson said in my headphone, good luck finding Hot Wheels. So I hadn't looked for those. My kids like mm. those. But, uh, yeah, that's just 
supply chain issues, man. So you said it'll never. Did you infer that it's never going to be that way again, back to normal? Well, I did, but that was irresponsible and inaccurate. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, well, it, it it ought to slowly but surely unkink itself. The really interesting part of what I was reading, and I'll share it with y'all in a little bit, in a bit more detail, was that they took a look at like five or six different products, and there were at least three or four different sorts of bottleneck, uh, all related more or less to the uh, Fauci's hot and sour bat fever. Well, as uh, as I've stated many times, and I, I heard this from a podcast that knows a lot about economics and stuff that I don't know, but uh, they're absolutely right. We had, obviously, because we're on the front end of time, the most modern, complicated, worldwide supply chain that had ever existed. And at no point in prior history, even when it was less complicated, had anybody ever thought, let's turn the whole thing off overnight. Let's chuck a cataclysm at it. Let's just turn it off because the whole world shut down more or less at the same time, and especially the United States, which is you know the biggest consumer of everything um, and producer of a ton of stuff. Let's just shut it off overnight and see what happens when we go to start it back up. And nobody had any idea what that would be like. Nobody still really has any idea what that's going to be like in terms of trying to turn this giant global interconnected system back on again. Mm-hmm. And it's getting turned on and stops and starts in different places. You know, I don't know how much stuff Austria produces, but there is closed down, and there are a number of countries like this. They're as closed down as they've ever been during the pandemic. There are a number of countries around the world that are shockingly, shockingly draconian in their policies right now yeah. about the vid. I'm gonna I'm looking forward to talking about that as well a little later on. Yeah. Oh, and we got to play some clips from Rittenhouse on Tucker. I wasn't expecting to, to for it to be that interesting, really. I. But I thought it was an amazing show. I did, too. And I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was so interesting. And I changed my mind. I think it was a good idea for him to go on there. Um, I think he, I don't see how he could have done himself any harm by, by the way he was on that show and the way he answered the questions. No, no, indeed. We were both wrong on that. I thought he came off as a, a real young gentleman who understands completely what's gone on for the last... Uh, how, when did the actual uh, mayhem take place? Was that last summer, I guess? Yeah, for the last year. He's not very happy with his lawyers, either. Not his first couple. His first lawyers that yeah. left, him, uh, left him in jail gathering money. At least that's the way he sees it. Yeah, his original lawyers are about to meet his new lawyers, and they're not going to like the meeting at all. <laughs> yeah, but it's troubling because you don't end up famous. You, you don't have much recourse in this situation. Talk about an unfair justice system. Yeah, we'll talk about that part of it. Uh, oh, we haven't started the show officially. Hey, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, November 23rd, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. To work then, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. So who are you dreading seeing this Thanksgiving? Probably my grandma on my mother's side. She'll walk in on you in the bathroom and ask you, what are you doing? Like, what do you think I'm doing, Graham? I'm going to the bathroom, man. Who are you not looking forward to seeing this Thanksgiving? Mostly my dad. I smoke a lot of pot, and when dinner comes around, he doesn't talk to me. Oh, my God. I'm dreading seeing my stepsister. What's up with her? She always tries to sleep with one of my uncles. It's very embarrassing. Oh, jeez. Yikes. That's a fun wow. Halloween. Uh, I ended up on the uh, cutting room floor for that bit. I got nothing nearly that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one. Uh, how does a mailbag look? Oh, it's great. Really strong today. Cool. That's good. 
So yeah. uh, as we mentioned, a bunch of interesting things we got to get to, and um, we're getting closer and closer to uh, Gorge Fest. So. Also, though we've been speaking now for going on seven minutes, I'd like to make an opening statement. Today's show will not be nearly as depressing as yesterday's. It'd be hard to top it. Well, these are depressing times, but we, we, we will leaven the serious news with not-so-serious stuff uh, the best we can. There was just something about the unfolding of the news yesterday. I mean, you can't blame us. What did, well, what do you want to so put on clown shoes and honk honk through the whole show and, and, and make booger jokes? We're, we're, we're here to chronicle the world. What am I, a clown? Do I amuse you? Right. That's what I'm oh, you saying. You think I'm funny? How the how the blank am I funny? Oh, he about did it, folks. I did. I did about that. Yeah, you I almost went, dropped an F bomb. I almost went full Joe Pesci on the FCC. That's no oh, good. That, that would have changed everything. Oh, we got everything. Have you considered being good at your jobs? Yes, because you never hear that sort of language anywhere else. I'm not saying I'm for it, but it's just. Uh, I hear you. Um. Uh, so we got all that stuff on the way, and our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We just passed a U.S. Navy destroyer through the Strait of Taiwan. That's the water between Taiwan and China. Sent a U.S. destroyer through there, which I think is a pretty cool move. China said it's a deliberate move to undermine stability in the region. Well, it's a deliberate move. I'll tell you that. It is a deliberate move. We're still here. Uh, counterpoint. Shut up, you commies. There you go. Hey, we got, freedom. We got more what? on the origin of the damn bat fever, making it yes. even more clear that it's where it came from and how it did. Not that it's a surprise to most of you. No, no, indeed. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. A couple of related quotes. As much about personal freedom as political freedom, which is very important. First of all, John Green, who wrote The Fault in Our Stars, for what it's worth, said, Some tourists think Amsterdam is a city of sin, but in truth it is a city of freedom. And in freedom, most people find sin. And then the Mahatma Gandhi said, quote, Freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Hmm. I find interesting, particularly given the current... Uh, Discussion of mandates and lockdowns and the rest of it, which we will be discussing at length uh, during our two of the program. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, and I don't think ever will be a legalize all drugs guy like uh, like a lot of my libertarian friends. I just just don't think it works, but we can talk about that at a different time. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely hear you talking. Uh, mailbag. Hey. <laughs> Best quote about what's going on I've seen, writes Rhonda. An evil enemy will burn his own nation to the ground to rule over the ashes. Sung Tzu said that. Huh. And she believes a lot of the radical left is doing that very thing. They're fine with burning it to the ground. Moving along. Who are these people? Writes Katie. My mom. Just wanted to tell you, these people waiting for the CDC or Dr. Fauci to tell them if they can have Thanksgiving absolutely exist. My poor mom is one of them. 
She is 66 years old, blue as blue can be, completely healthy, other than asthma, which nobody's talked about in regards to COVID since the first few months. Fully vaccinated, got a booster. She's convinced she's going to be that one in whatever breakthrough death. She's a neurotic mess, and I worry about her mental health. Wow, that's too bad. Won't go in a restaurant or anywhere but the grocery store with a mask on. Won't be around me or her younger grandkids because we're not vaccinated. Gets all her news from Facebook. Starts conversations with, well, the CDC says we can soon. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I was listening to NPR on the drive to work today, and they were doing a long feature on the what kind of Thanksgiving can you have? And I thought, who the frig is this for? Who yeah. who looks to the radio or the CDC or whoever to tell them what kind of Thanksgiving they can have? I just, I guess you're either raised that way or your brain works that way or whatever. Just would never cross my mind to check on some authority figure on how, what kind of Thanksgiving I can have. For a couple of reasons. Number one, we've all been gathering all the information we can on this thing since the very beginning. Uh, number two, the authorities are frequently wrong. They're frequently dancing to a tune that has nothing to do with our health and well-being. It's either politics or uh, the little white lies to get the stupid, stupid public to comply. So, yeah. But Who are you people? But it's not just that, obviously, because even if they were right all the time, I still it wouldn't cross my mind to ask some authority what kind of Thanksgiving I can have. <laughs> It's right. Just, it's not it's not on my radar. Right. Right. A uh, private message to Microsoft. My uh, computer's restarting right now. Even though I didn't ask it to, it's going to wipe out everything I have uh, open. While I'm on that little jag, I heard some uh lefty commentator talking about something along the lines of uh rural America or Midwest America or something along those lines with the government relationship and everything like that. And I thought the thing that you know, the Bill Mars of the world or the coastal elites of the world don't get is there are a lot of people that want to be left the freak alone by the government. They right. don't want more stuff from the government. Yeah, it was somebody making the argument. How come all these poor people don't understand the government wants to give them more stuff and they don't vote for more stuff? They just want you to leave them alone. Stay out of their freaking lives. I don't ever want to hear from you ever in my life is what a lot of America thinks. And I know it seems crazy to you if you're a government involved in every decision of your life person, but there's a lot. There are millions and millions and millions of people across the country just want to be left alone. At least partly because they understand once you let the government in, once you let the government give a, the government a key to your house, as it were, a key to your well-being, they're in. I find Camel's it, nose is under the tent. I find it offensive to even ask the question to Dr. Fauci, what kind of Thanksgiving can we have? I'm offended right. by the question. Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! On a somewhat similar topic, uh, Zachary writes... Uh, that San Diego uh, armored truck that all the money fell out of? Yeah. Uh, after a year of getting free money from the government, I might assume that spilling money on I-5 could be a new liberal policy for wealth redistribution. <laughs> I'm picturing an armored truck with Joe Biden's face on it and money just shooting out of his cake hole. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, 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 I saw more videos of the people dancing in the street and doing their selfie videos and stuff with the handfuls <laughs> of money. What the I hell? What the hell? They, they really seem to think their ship has come in. All my I problems are solved. <laughs> what? You don't get to keep that. And you're on video. Oh, boy. Uh, William writes, uh, guys, just finished Bill O'Reilly's book, Killing Reagan. I didn't realize he was still cranking those books out. I uh, find it interesting that the same people who recognize the early symptoms of dementia in Ronald Reagan can't recognize those same symptoms in Joe Biden. Yeah, I think they can, William. Honestly, uh, Lacey writes, 
I'm amused at all the calls now in November for the boycott of the Chinese Olympics. Were all those calls last July when it could have been done, when another games could have been arranged? I don't well, know. Partly, Lacey. I would. I, there's an actual answer to that question. A two-parter. Number one, I don't think a lot of people really realize the Olympic Games were about to start in Beijing. True. Most people just aren't as into the news as the, uh, all of us gathered here are. Um, and secondly, it's safe now. It's safe to demand that the Olympics be boycotted because it can't happen. It's too late. I was thinking all along, no way, no how. It's not going to happen. And I was certainly wrong about that. I thought there's not a chance. With the level of tension currently between China, no way. Well, we're going to do it, apparently. Yeah, and then finally this. I thought I would uh, go ahead and address this. Genuinely curious, and Albuquerque writes about how we blasted the opening of Saturday Night Live, how the opening was damaging to the country. Uh, but you continue to watch, comment, laugh, and promote their garbage on your wonderful program. Uh, I just, uh, why you choose to ignore their politics when they would never ignore yours? Uh, I would say just because I appreciate the art they're engaged in, and in the creative arts, you got a lot of Ill- uh, irrational, emotional, lefties who have no grasp of reality. Man, so I'm, you just put up with it. I'm not living in a world the way you live in your world, dude. If that's funny, that's funny. If that's not funny, that's not funny. I don't try to mix them together and punish a corporation or whatever. You know, Do what you want to do, but that's not the way I'm going to live. Fair enough. You know, Coming we... up. Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. Excerpts from the Kyle Rittenhouse interview. So interesting. You're going to be impressed if you miss it. You can always grab Armstrong and Getty On Demand, the podcast, where podcasts are given out, or armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've never seen something so polarizing in my life when it's just, it's obvious self-defense if you look at the case you look at the facts no matter what your opinion is or where you stand this isn't a poli- this wasn't a political case it, it shouldn't have been a political case it was made a political case this had nothing to do with race and the the ways people are twisting this it's just sickening i'm hoping one day there will be some there will be accountability for their actions that they did okay so you're you're intent on not you're not gonna let that go uh, like I said, really good lawyers are handling yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the way to uh, correct the problem or not. Although I would think if you know, so, there are some organizations. That's Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way, being interviewed by Tucker Carlson last night, and turned out um, to be really interesting. And I think it was a good idea for him to do it, which is the opposite of what I said yesterday. Um, uh, what was I going to say something about? Oh. Um, you know, the uh, the Covington kids, you remember the kids from Kentucky that were there on the, the steps of the Capitol and there was a video that went wild and then people on CNN and other places said all kinds of horrible things about those. Well, about Nicholas Sandman in particular, about yeah. those high school kids that turned out not to be true. And then they got sued for crazy amounts of money. I mean, not disclosed, but most people seem to think they're really giant amounts of money. So, yeah, uh, quite a few news organizations had to make large settlements. I would think that would have some impact on how willing you are to just throw things around, but we'll see. 
Yeah, sometimes it takes a couple of punches for you to decide this is a bad idea to be in this fight. But uh, Kyle Rittenhouse absolutely has a case, and it continues. I mean, there's a drumbeat on lefty media right now still suggesting that he is somehow a white supremacist or, you know, or, or less directly and more defensively than this is all just saying this is all examples of white supremacy in the courts yeah, i would he ra- can't get them for that but he can get them for some of the other stuff i'd much rather there'd be a cultural shift that would cause us to stop doing what we're doing rather than uh, people get sued into submission but yeah well i want a pony for christmas <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, watching him on tucker last night lay out that evening uh you know in a way that um doesn't come across the same way in a, as a court in a courtroom it just sounds so hectic and crazy and everything like that and just as Tucker said a couple of times, um, it just had to be hard to imagine that this is going on. And I, and I agree. You watch those videos and have him describe that night. And this was happening all across America in practically every city in America. In some cities like Portland, it happened for like 100 days in a row. And, well, and as I pointed out yesterday, that was night three that Kenosha was burning that he and friends went out to protect people's small businesses. I wish the main takeaway was, hey, let's never do that again. Let's just not have ongoing riots in our cities where we just back off as a police presence and say, do what you're going to do. Burn down when you're going to burn down. Attack whoever you're going to attack. Do whatever you want. Crazy. Yeah, well, it seems clear to me and clear to a lot of us that if you, if you, society, politicians, uh progressive DAs, whatever, if y'all continue to create a circumstance where the only protection is self-protection, you're going to see a hell of a lot more self-protection. And sometimes you're not going to like the way it looks. Boo-hoo. Well, Look in pe- the mirror. Yeah, lots of bad things will happen. People make bad judgment. People get shot or didn't deserve to be shot. But if you create that scene, that's what's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. Agreed. So to the Kyle Rittenhouse interview, why don't we just begin with uh, 20, Michael, and we'll go in order unless we say otherwise. Well, it actually started on August 24th. Um, I was working my job as a lifeguard at the RecPlex in Kenosha County, and then the riots were still going on and a curfew was implied. So I went to Dominic Black's house, and I stayed the night over there and saw the videos of the riots and the arson going on. Um, what did you think of it? It was upsetting because Kenosha is my community, um, and I just was upset seeing my community up in flames. Apparently, he crossed state lines to be in Kenosha frequently as he worked there, and his dad lived there, and his friends were there, and he lived in the next town. So, anyway, uh, to 21. The first time I saw Rosenbaum was the first time he threatened to kill me. It was at the corner of the car source lot that I was at primarily that night. And I was asking people if they needed medical, and he came up to me and Ryan Balch, and he said, if I catch any of you MFers alone, I'm going to effing kill you. Had you ever seen him before? I have not. It was it was quite shocking. I was like, why would somebody threaten to kill me? I'm just asking if people need help on both sides. I was I was there just to help anybody that needed it. And shockingly, the only people I helped that night were rioters. I'm thinking of Joy Reid the other night when she said, all we can do now is pray for whatever, Rosenbaum and the other victims. Pray for their families who are suffering such pain with this injustice. That guy is a scumbag. 
Doesn't mean you get to shoot him in the street for no reason. He wasn't shot in the street for no reason. But um, he is a scumbag. Absolute scumbag. A mentally ill convicted child molester who went out looking for violence. And uh, Joy Reid and others on MSNBC in particular uh, making the point that he's the real victim. That's who we're mourning. These people who, and this is literally what they said. We might have the clip. I don't know. But uh, these people who were demonstrating peacefully for racial justice shot down by a white man. Yeah, I know. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is just crazyville these days, what people are willing to say. Uh, let's learn more about this paragon of racial uh, justice and understanding in 22. There was actually a second time he said to the group, um, he, he said, this is the second time he threatened to kill everybody. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to effing kill you. I'm going to cut your hearts out, you effing N-words. Did any of the rioters try and calm him down or stop him? They were, like, disassociating with him because he was, like, spewing the N-word around, and they just didn't seem to want to have anything to deal with them, the rioters. Yeah, one thing I was thinking as I was watching that part was it was their time. The lunatics all across the country, and it still is in a lot of places, if you saw San Francisco and Walnut Creek and Hayward over the weekend, um, it was their time. These lunatics recognize when, hey, my ship has come in. There's no law now. We're out in the streets. I get to do all the things that I've had in my head for all these years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, including just flat thieves. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. And uh, 23, Michael. He tried to grab my gun. I was running away. There was a gunshot behind me. After I shoot him, I run around the car because I was going to go render first aid to him. I wasn't able to because then there was a mob forming and calling for my execution to get him and kill him. And that's when I try to run to the police line and get to the police. And then I am attacked again. By the, by the guy who kicked you? By, by jump kick man, yes. Yeah, he was on the way to get the hell out of there when he realized how crazy it was when he got attacked and a lot of this, uh, you know, he was on trial for happened. Well, and they knocked him down, began kicking his head, smashing him with skateboards, they so he shot him. him. They would have killed oh, yeah. him. It's absolutely classic open and shut self-defense. And the fact that anybody is saying anything otherwise is either just delusional or political. Uh, and it's disgusting. There are a couple of other really interesting cases going on right now. Ahmad Arbery, for one. Um, and, and then another, a young woman who I'll, I'll bring you the article in a couple of minutes, but, um, and people are trying to tie the two together, even though the facts of the cases are completely different. And it just, it leaves me in a position of thinking, all right, how exactly, how do you approach the modern world where people are either not rational or they're so dishonest They will use these cases as bludgeons, as weapons, political weapons, even though they're being completely dishonest about it. I mean, that's that's a tough wrestling match. That's a wrestling match where people have, you know, knives tucked in their shorts and then are throwing salt in each other's eyes. It's just it's dirty. Anything else in particular you want to hear? Um, I just, uh, I just wanted to and did comment on the tone of the whole thing. I was really impressed. The kid is, uh, the kid is better spoken and more together than I was when I was 18. And, uh, I didn't go through anything like that. I, I was pretty impressed by the interview all the way around. I thought Tucker did a good job of not inflaming things, uh, in any unnecessary way. I just, I just thought it was, I, I tweeted out last night. I wish everybody in America would watch it, no matter what your view of it was. 
I'd be interested in what your thoughts are if you watched it. I don't know how you could come out of that thinking, well, that's cl- clearly what happened there was a white supremacist went, that went there to shoot Black Lives Matter protesters because he's a racist. Right, right. All right, a couple more I'd like to hear. Uh, 26, Michael. What did you make of the President of the United States calling you a white supremacist? Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. Yeah, presidents have to stop joining in on uh, on trials. We just have to. We have to stop doing that. Pull that bad yeah. and care. I would agree. Uh, 27, Michael. Why do you think people were burning car source? What does that have to do with civil rights? I, I don't know. I think it was opportunists taking advantage of the BLM movement. I, I agree with the BLM movement. I agree everybody has the right to protest and assemble, but I do not agree that people have the right to burn down. I don't, I don't appreciate that people are burning down American cities to yeah. try to spread their message. I think there's other ways to go around and do that. Thoroughly reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he was, uh, in the way that you often are when you're 17 years old, a little wide-eyed and optimistic about how he was going to make the world a better place by himself that night. And, uh, and you know, he got into the, all those the horrible situations. But mm-hmm. um, still doesn't change the fact that he was it was self-defense. Yeah. For, for the record, he, he ended up being by himself. He was with a group of people that had uh, volunteered to help local merchants, but he got separated from them in the, the chaos. I wouldn't somehow. go into that crowd unless I was a Marine and was with a bunch of other Marines, <laughs> unless it was my own business. And even then, I'd want to be with some people that really know what they're doing, looking at that video. That was mayhem on the streets. I can't yeah. believe we let cities become that in the middle of the night. They did around, around here it was that way. Sure. Yeah. And everybody was just like, you know, well, that's downtown at night, I don't live there. I guess we'll just allow that to happen. What? Yeah. Well, you know, there's an old saying. Bob Dylan actually included it in one of my favorite songs. Steal a little and they throw you in jail. Steal a lot and they make you king. Uh, there's also the principle in America these days that if you have a small group of people being violent, uh, you will be arrested and prosecuted. If you can recruit a large group of people to be violent and destructive, you get to do anything you want. Yeah. Um, Gee, what what will the result of that be? I wonder. <laughs> we got a couple of texts I want to get to, including the freaking cost of a turkey and other things as people are trying to put their Thanksgiving together. <laughs> Man, the inflation is for real. I went, I, I did two shopping things yesterday, and both of them were like, what? And at the end, I don't add this stuff up as I'm going along, but I get there and they add it all up, and I said, what? I just spent a hundred, what? How is that possible? Um, happens every single day. And then, of course, if you're at the gas pump, forget it. Um, uh, but a bunch of different things on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Time to celebrate the season, haven't eaten all day. My, my tummy is rattling because I've been saving up space. I've got my place at the table, can't fit no more on my plate. I've got my fork in my hand, ready to stuff my face. So bring on the turkey, potatoes, casserole dishes, because I ain't messing around with them buttoned up bridges. You got them skinny jeans on, girl, I feel sorry for you, because I 
the new holiday classic from Carrie Underwood. Mm. So, um, pretty clear what's going on here. It's an attempt to have a, you know, uh, what will become a, uh, a, a ritual. It'll be the sort of song you hear every Thanksgiving for the next 20 years. They're trying to create one of those. And I like the theme. I like the lyrics. Fine, stretchy pants. Played it in the car last uh, yesterday for my kids. And my nine-year-old thought it was hilarious. It's amusing. Well done, no M- doubt. My soon-to-be 12-year-old, nothing's cool now. So, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so funny dealing with him. That's Not- stupid. Every- everything's stupid and nothing is cool. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, as w- we wanted to play that again, because we played it yesterday, and we thought this over, and I, and I think we're absolutely right. The song is fine if you want some sort of parody song about us all wearing our stretchy pants. You can't have 100-pound supermodel skinny Carrie Underwood be the singer, though. Nope. Just comes off as condescending and, and just, uh, no, no. No, You're it just doesn't work. Us. You're not one of us. Right. In fact, there's a little bit of mockery of us. I think maybe it's unintentional, but you're kind of a doing something for those other people who I I see who eat too much and need to wear stretchy pants. And right. yeah, I just I'm not digging the supermodel who wears hardly any clothes. <laughs> hey, you know, doing the whole stretchy pants. I'm gonna eat, go back for thirds. Yeah, whatever. You work out yeah, three hours a, quick a day. Search on Carrie Underwood images. Uh, no, that would be a big hard no. Luke Combs sings that song? Bring it on. That's a perfect Luke Combs song right there. He's the biggest star in country music. My my son and I have a little wager. When we get in the car and we turn on the radio, will it be a Luke Combs song? It is 75% of the time you turn on a country radio station. But the guy goes like 300 pounds. He comes out and says, I got my stretchy pants on. I'm going Hell back yeah. for thirds. And I'm like, yeah, let's brother. do it. I let's heard do that. it. Let's go back for thirds. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with me? Carrie Underwood, no. No, I ain't having it. You're mocking yeah. me. You're mocking me. That's what you're You know what's funny? I just I was actually doing a, an image search on Carrie Underwood and uh, and I came across this article from uh, page 6 in the New York Post with two pictures of her, a before and after. Carrie Underwood ate 800 calories a day after American Idol Oof. to try to get down to her skinny supermodel Oof, look. Geez. Man, I'm looking at her in the before. Yes, ma'am. Please. Gorgeous, fantastic. Yeah, she was. You know, granted, she's got that supermodel look in the after, but oh, it, she looked like a real woman. Yeah, she's a stick in the before. Figure. Yeah, that's why it's so weird. I mean, she she might be the skinniest woman on earth in a first world country. Um, and she's singing stretchy pants. Apparently, somebody texted that she's got a line of uh, like yoga pants or something. So oh, might even be a, worse. Might be a, I got my stretchy pants on. There might be. And a, you can <laughs> buy them at Walmart. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Good news for us individually. I'm not sure if it's good news strategically for the nation, but uh, we are going to dig into our oil reserves to try to lower the price of gas. Fifty. Ah, the strategic oil reserves. Fifty million barrels of uh, oil are going to be released in the strategic oil reserves that are supposed to be for like an emergency or a war or something like that. Yeah, maybe this is an emergency. I mean, the pandemic's an emergency. Supply chain things emergency-ish, or is it just political because he's getting killed on the economy because gas prices in the economy often go hand in hand? Ding! This this has been discussed, I don't know, (laughs) half a dozen times in my adult life, and every time it's discussed, everybody says the same thing. 
There's a global oil supply. It's enormous. This is not going to make it much of a dent at all. It's just a gesture. Hmm. I don't care whether my guy's in office, your guy is in office. Every time they say the same thing. Speaking of supply chain issues, L.A. Times with uh, an op-ed today about uh, the supply chain I thought was kind of interesting. We send back 30% of what we buy online on average. How our return culture alters the supply chain. But that's one end of the supply chain back and forth that I hadn't thought of that I'm sure is hard to get back into whack after getting it out of whack. Right. They're right. the stuff Man. going back, and then they've got to find a way to sort that and get it back in place where it can be sold again. I'm sure that's quite the process, and all that got stopped. Yeah, that reminds me. I've got I got to return some stuff. I just I'm so bad at that. But this is like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. I ordered some sport coats, and and I gave the measurements and everything, and uh, barring like rib removal surgery or something, <laughs> I couldn't button these things for $100. <laughs> I mean, they're like for an underweight child. I don't know what the heck happened. Yeah, I'd like a stat on how much stuff do we intend to return, but we end up seeing it in the closet past the 30 days or 90 days or whatever the cutoff is and say, oh, that's right, I was going to return that, and you just have it forever now. Something you're never going to wear or use. Speaking of yeah. stuff, you go to armstrongandgetty.com. We got m- coffee mugs, different kinds. We got hats. We got sweatshirts and stuff. And you really ought to buy now if you want to get it in time for Christmas. Your loved one who loves the ANG community, the show, will be very grateful for your wonderful gift. But act now, fr- friends. Act now. Yeah, and you could get it in time for Christmas if you do get act now. Get some Let's Go Brandon stuff. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you miss an hour of the podcast, you can grab that, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.